the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off your annual subscription. That's $2.99 a month for loads of audio and visual content. Plenty more coming, always expanding. The Premier League is back. NBA is on its way. There's tons of analysis happening right now at The Athletic for $2.99 a month. You can't go wrong. Theathletic.com slash spot track. My name is Mike Gennetti. Happy Wednesday afternoon or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Just a quick update on sports. (laughs) Like I said, the Premier League is back, currently airing right now on NBC Sports Network. Good to see that, although it certainly is weird without fans. I'm sure more so for the players. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. This is uh, big steps. Having soccer back, I I know locally speaking in New York State here, soccer is not on the list of youth sports that's able to reopen right now. So, um, you know, baseball and softball, those are certainly coming back. Tennis, Golf has been back, um, and we're one of the stricter states, I know. But the uh, the outlook for soccer is weird because soccer is sort of the first sport that came back internationally, which you can understand. It's the big sport. It's the equivalent of the NFL just kind of pushing forward here in the in the states. So from that angle, you can understand it. But from a socially distancing, um, you know, contact sport angle, it certainly lacks in, in space. Let's just put it that way. So um, to, to me, soccer maybe even more so than basketball has its risks. So I'm, I'm nervous to see where this goes internationally and just how long the the Bundesliga and the Liga and the Premier League can make it through um, without trouble, without major trouble from a health standpoint. It's certainly going back and forth with the NBA right now. They've done their part. Uh, We knew we were going to get blown away at some point by Adam Silver's plan. It's a 130-page document. That's what's blowing us away. And the detail is ridiculous, down to the deck of cards, down to the ping-pong tournaments. Um, they have sort of thought of everything and, and collaborated with players in a way that has made things so specifically in, in your face as to how this this bubble in Disney is going to operate that it's scary from a lack of freedom standpoint. I mean, they are really saying it's all or nothing. You, you're going to have to literally abide by these rules or there will be consequences. I'm not quite sure what that would be, but a hundred pages detailing how to, how to handle this bubble is groundbreaking. And we knew that was going to be the NBA's job. They had to step in front here and be as detailed and specific as they are. Um, and certainly the NHL is now going to follow suit. Something not being talked about a lot. Scott and I have talked about it quite a bit. And Major League Soccer, MLS is going to start soon first in Disney. So they're going to precede the NBA here in the NBA, in that ESPN area of Disney. Um, so to some degree, they're going to be the foundation setters for how this bubble setting is going to work. I'm not quite sure how I I still haven't seen a good argument or a good plan in place of how they're going to separate themselves from the NBA people. And there's actually a couple of more sporting events happening down there as well. I'm sure it's there. It's just not been made public to my, not to my knowledge, but major league soccer is going to happen in Disney sort of in, in accordance with the NBA situation, but plans are in place. It's good. I took the Twitter this morning after a couple of cups of coffee and I beat the hell out of Major League Baseball yet again because it's just frustrating. You know that's my sport. Anyone who's followed this this show for months and months now, the uh, look, the the people who are getting left out of Major League Baseball's plan are the are the fans, <laughs> and we now know how important we are. We do. We know. I mean, I mean, you can put forty percent on it. You can put six hundred and seventy thousand dollars a game, whatever it was. Um, you know, they've, they've got their accounting that says without fans, this is what happens. We, we, we lose money per game without fans. Okay. Well that puts us as fans in the driver's seat because we know that they need us to come back. And quite frankly, the, 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 the last 10 years of discussion with major league baseball have been going to a baseball game in person is just flat out boring for the most, you know, these one percenters like me who just love the game enough to to sort of look past the minutia of 97 pitching changes, 47 home runs and 150 strikeouts per game, whatever it is, that's a problem. And now we know how important we are as butts in seats, hands on beers, hot dogs in our mouths. That's it matters to this league more than maybe we thought because of the lack of the national TV structure, because of the lack of that funding from sponsors and, and, and television markets like these other big sports already have and continue to have, by the way, they're not losing those. They're getting better. In fact, so 
what do we do about this? How do we make our experience better with Major League Baseball in this time where they're fighting in the corner? <laughs> the two sides are clearly having at it over their own money, both of which is a ton of money, you know, a ton, a ton to lose, a ton to make. So it's tough for us as average Joes to even wrap our head around what they're doing. But of course, we're all in a situation where money is, is, is you know, we're losing money, we're losing staff. We're, that's just happening right now. It's part of this pandemic on a global setting and maybe even more so here in America where things just haven't been handled properly. So the you can understand that they're frustrated and that the owner's saying, you know, playing is going to cost us money. That's fine. But look at, that's only one side of it. That's the business side of it. There is an entire other side of it called the game. And the game includes the fans. It includes the players. It includes heritage and tradition. I mean, the, what they're forfeiting for business purposely, or solely business, is the, the fabric of baseball as a sport. Because look, I, I put a tweet out the other day. I was joking partially, but my daughter's about to get back on the softball field in about a week and a half, maybe even sooner based on some regulations here. How the heck is youth baseball preceding major league baseball? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that a corporation of that size with so much to lose heading into a, a CBA, CBA negotiation in 18 months can't just suck it up and get back on the field for the purpose of the game. You, you, you got to get there. That's why my, that's why you sports are coming back. They're losing money. Of course, everybody's losing money right now, but in order to keep kids interested, right? This a year off from, you know, minors softball or minors baseball uh, on the Babe Ruth level, that's, that, that's potentially damaging. Kids can get disinterested and bounce around whenever they please. That's just the generation we're in. So uh, little league, little league, little leagues all across America right now are basically saying we, we got to do something to make sure to keep these kids engaged, keep these kids involved. Why aren't the professionals doing the same? We haven't heard it once. We haven't heard one really high up person on either side of this say, well, we've got to do what's right for this game and what's right for our fans. And because uh, I'll finish with where I started, we now know percentage and financially just how important those things are to baseball. Baseball can't live on its own. Baseball can't go and play 162 game season with 30 teams in, in all these local markets, regionalized markets and survive at the current rate. You can't have Mike Trout making $36 million without fans in the seats. So they better fix it. They better be addressing not only 2020, but how to make it more engaging, how to make it more affordable for fans to be there because they now know that they better start filling up those seats on an annual basis more so than they thought they probably needed to. This is a wake-up call, I think, for all of us, but it better be for them too, was my point of the tweet today, because clearly they need us and we want them. So we just want them to want us as much as we need. We want, we want them back in 2020 and certainly next year. All right, we're going to bring Scott Allen in. He's got a ton more data. We had a data, data show on Monday. We're going to flip it a little bit here. A little bit of NBA news. He's going to talk a little bit about this, uh, the bubble and some of the things that have come out in this hundred plus page document that, that sort of speak to the finances and where things may go players that might miss might not go. You've got some, you know, big names, Carmelo, Anthony, Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, who are saying, I'm not sure this is for me. And look just off the top here, before I get Scott in here, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with them trying to round up the troops and say, the NBA is blowing this. Let's break away and start a new league. I'm not even sure if that's true. If that was me, you know, maybe jokingly said on the zoom call and it was taken out of context, who knows, but if it's going anywhere near there, I want no part of that. Okay. This isn't a, a bring the, let's bring the troops together and try to do our own thing because the NBA is screwing this up. Look, nobody knows how to do this the right way, but the NBA's attention to detail right now and their, their, their lack of public transparency, meaning they're not doing this publicly. They're not doing what baseball is doing and negotiating through Twitter. They are, they are really trying to take the professional and sophisticated approach to let's get all the details right. Let's understand what we need. Let's talk to the right people behind the scenes before we go any sort of public with anything. They've done that. So now we're here. We've got this document and there's some players who just don't feel comfortable. That's perfectly fine. This is not a comfortable state of mind. This is not a com comfortable state of living. So if there are people for whatever reasons, you know, health concerns in their family, pregnancies in their family, health concerns with themselves, you know, they make $40 million and they don't think that it's worth the risk of going for three months locked away with the chance of, of getting a virus that could 
potentially ruin the rest of their career. All of that's completely understandable. That's life. We're all sort of living with that life right now. And, you know, they're living into it at a, at a higher degree, of course. That's fine. Let's keep it right there. Let's keep it to there are players who are, have concerns and maybe there's some things in this document that the NBA has put out that need to get adjusted. There's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no way this document is perfect. It's brand new. They are building it from the ground up based on this global pandemic. They are starting this from a foundational standpoint to say, this is what we think the players need and we need as front offices and coaches need and families need and staffers need. There's so many people involved here. So they're doing their best. They've clearly done their best. This is impressive what they've shown us. But if the players have concerns, let's not take the Twitter and say, let's blow up the NBA and start our own league. Let's just keep on this NBA's path, meaning let's get behind the scenes. Let's, let's talk to the right people. Let's get doctors involved. Let's get local officials involved. All of that behind the scenes, get it done, get it figured out because the, we are relying on the NBA to get this right for the other leagues. No question, including next year. This is not a temporary thing. We need to get this right going forward because this pandemic thing might not be a one and done. Let's just be frank with that. Okay. Then we're going to switch. So we'll talk some NBA with Scott, a little bit on that, a little bit more financial side of it though. Then we'll switch, switch gears. Big news with Kevin Durant this week. Uh, he invested in a major league soccer program uh, uh, team, the Philadelphia Union. Uh, so we it took us down a different rabbit hole, right? Let's see what other players are have stakes in, in sports teams, have stakes in other things like that that are sports related. You know, maybe just how much they're invested, how much they've made. We've got some good numbers on that. Some names here I don't think you would you would normally have thought of off the top of your head, but we put together a pretty good list. Let's bring in Scott Allen and talk sports. Have you ever wanted to take a shot at getting a $12,000 Michael Jordan rookie card or a $1,600 autographed Tom Brady helmet? Would that be a Patriots helmet? Boy, I bet you the uh, Bucks helmet might be worth more at this point for a fraction of those prices. Hit Parade is the premier authentic autographed sports memorabilia mystery box manufacturer in the country. This is great, guys. This is, this is mystery trading card boxes back in the day. This is grab bags when you got you know, lunch, brown lunch bags full of things. You didn't know what was inside. Think of this on a larger scale with autographed sports memoria. That's what this is. Take a shot at getting an autographed item from the biggest names in the game, like Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Zion Williamson, Mike Trout, and plenty more. Get your box today at Hit Parade's exclusive online provider, dacardworld.com. That's dacardworld.com. No one has more hits than Hit Parade. And welcoming us on our Hit Parade hotline, Scott Allen, back to the show, back to some NBA news. I know you want to start there and then we'll get off into a little bit more of a, an interesting topic with these, these athletes' stakes. Uh, where are we at the NBA? I sort of just went on, on a 15-minute open here that both crushed baseball and applauded the NBA. And I got into a little bit of these the players that are weary about going and some of the stuff that's come out with that. Any thoughts there, or do you want to mostly just dive into the the financial side of this? Because this document that was that was brought up to our attention is pretty darn in depth. Thoughts? Uh, extremely in depth. If you go to uh, Shams's article on the Athletic, it is extremely in depth and bulleted down to weekly basis almost. Uh, from the financial side, uh, the uh, Players have agreed to, uh, if they do not show, they will uh, lose one out of 92.6 per each game missed, which is capped at 14 games. Uh, so that explain that, that a little, Scott. So 92.6, is that the, the total number of games that the league championship could play? No, that, that, that's a great point. No, it's the uh, language from the force majeure gotcha. is where they got that that value from. If if games were missed, that that is the value that could be reducted. So what? That's so, ten, that's eight, eighty-two regular season games plus ten playoff games. It's uh, just a weird number. There. Yeah, it it is a weird number. I'm not sure how they technically came up with that value, but it's capped at fourteen games, and this is on top of the 25% reduction in the I was going to say, I got to follow up a little bit here. I'm not sure you have the answers, but we're, we're, we're in postseason here. And I understand that there's eight games of regular season. I understand yep. that, but haven't these players all been paid in full for the regular season minus that 25% reduction? 
Well, they're still getting paychecks at the first and 15th of the month through uh, September, I believe. But that so doesn't make any th- sense. There's, but they're still getting 25% out of each of those paychecks through then. But the regular so, season contract should have ended in June. Correct. But the paychecks are still being paid. So it's like if you're a, really? a teacher, if, it's like if you're a teacher and you work until May, June, but you're still getting your paychecks through June, July, August. So they're paid out of 12 months is what you're saying. Yeah, it's 12 or 24 paychecks, depending on if they want it once per month or in some cases, most cases from what I've seen, it's 24 uh, paychecks. And then obviously those uh, very, very few that have upfront payments and it it might be spread out a little bit different like LeBron. But in this case, they're still getting the 25% reduction. Um, and then so then plus a maximum 14 games, games lost. Right. Okay. Right. How, any idea in this document, how postseason pay will be paid out? Is it going to be similar to what it's been where there's a pool and. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. So I'm assuming it's going to be split up like it has before. Uh, but going back to the players, if they choose not to play, there are, two stipulations, excused players, uh, that are medically excused by experts saying that they're at a high risk. So they will, if they miss games or they do not play, they are, uh, will not lose that money. And there are protected players that, um, will not lose their, um, uh, salary if they choose not to play because of what is protected mean? particularly. Uh, if they're at higher risk for severe illness or anything so like that. In, so in other words, if it's voluntary, you're going to lose the 14 games. Correct. Okay. At, at, at a maximum of 14. If you're in those bottom tier teams that are trying to make the playoffs and you only play eight games, then you're, you're capped at that eight games. If you're, I got to tell you something, I think this is going to change. I think this is going to be a big pushback knowing what we know with this Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard situation that has kind of come out and there's maybe other, you know, I think there's a decent group of players at least wavering on that side of it. I think because of the times we're in, you can't punish people for not going. This should be strictly optional. I understand that you're collectively bargained and you can't have guys like LeBron James not going from a business model standpoint, but I think it's a bad look. I think it's a, I think, you know what I equated to when players hold out of training camp in the NFL and up to this past CBA, which had just changed teams had the option to find them and the good ones never did. The good ones said, right. now we're going to, we're going to alleviate those fines because we understand what you're doing and, and what leverage you're trying to gain to yourself. Well, this is obviously different, but similar in thinking if players, if there's a health concern or they just feel like it's, it's not in the, in, in the cards for them to go and do this three month stint. I don't think they should be docked any money. I understand 14 games with a salary, you know, out of 92.6 isn't going to be a ton of money for these guys. I just think it's a bad look. And I, I bet this is something that gets renegotiated if I had to guess. Possibly. I mean, the PA agreed to this stipulation. So well, I mean, did if it's they? In this document, I feel like that Michelle Roberts is just, just sort of taking things to Twitter before really actually doing the work behind the scenes. I, this has happened a couple of times where we feel like everything's rosy and, and perfect. And then four days later, there's drama. So I, I, to me, that's one side of this that has been not great. The, the clearly, I just said in the open, Scott, the, this was, this was the, the wow that we were expecting from the NBA, this document. I mean, the detail yeah, is so freaking ridiculous. You know, I mentioned the ping pong tournaments and the playing cards. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you read that stuff, but this yep, is the I wow. Did. This is what you and I got in here a month ago and said, the NBA is going to blow us away and it's, it's going to become the foundation. <laughs> yeah. This is the foundation now. Yeah. D- down to specific hotels that are better for the top teams. Yeah. And yeah. You four got star <laughs> for the bottom teams. Yeah. The Floridian, the Lakers get the Floridian on the Island there. It's beautiful. I love that. I love how there's some, <laughs> there's some segregation to that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, it's go win the regular season, I guess. Right. You get the better hotel on the bubble. Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't want to stay on this too much because I know this is pretty yeah. much the, the story that's driving the conversations across the world right now. But if you're bored and you're uh, looking for something to do tonight because there's nothing to watch, read this document. <laughs> it, if, if not just to have it in, in the back of your head, because there's not a lot of it that are, I, I mentioned that I think the pay thing might get changed. I'm not sure what else really needs to get changed. They have really done their homework and talked to the right people. I was really, really impressed with a lot of these bullets. Uh, almost all of them to be quite frank. So I'm, and I think, I think based on your discussion here, you feel the same. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, not much financially really had to be put into this because, and I even had it wrong. They're continuing to be paid right now. So there's a, there's, you know, they've got a one up on everybody, including baseball. Can you, can you just try right now, Scott, in your head to, to compare baseball and basketball right now, NHL to NBA, or excuse me, <laughs> MLB to NBA. The, the, the polar opposites that these yeah. two leagues are taking is just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Night and day. Night, night mean, and day. And that's leadership. That's leadership. You want, I'm not going to get political, but you can get political with that comment if you want. <laughs> I mean, you can understand the countries who are handling things well and those that aren't. It's just a fact. You can see the numbers. There's data for it. Yeah. And this, it there's shows, data for these sports too. Yeah. Adam Silver knows what he wants to do. He's uh, bargaining and collaborating with the PA and making sure things move forward. And yeah. th- there's going to be hitches here and there, but man, Manfred, I mean, he, <laughs> no, we know it's the not a good look for him. It's not a good look. And, and he's even had to flip flop on his own statement about 18 hours after he said it. So uh, just troubling stuff for that. I'm not going to yep. dive down that anymore. Let's flip the switch here. You got some good stuff. I mentioned in the open that Kevin Durant recently purchased some stake in the Philadelphia union in major league soccer. Oh, by the way, I got to jump in here. I I also mentioned in the open that, and I don't, maybe you've seen it now. Has anybody been talking about the fact that major league soccer is going to start first in Disney and that they're basically already there and they're, they're preceding the NBA with all of this. Yeah. Didn't I tell you that a couple of weeks ago when they announced this, I, I, I was on it and I have not heard anything about it. Even in this document, I for sure thought that, there was going to be something mentioned about MLS and the NBA being in the same vicinity and same complex, but I, I have I mean, not heard anything. Are they just going to put up some tents and lay some cots down for major league soccer? I can't imagine they're going to be in the same hotels. I, I, I got to think no. And, but I, I zoomed in on the map and the, the soccer fields are spread out depending on where they're having them sure. play these games. But the parking lot, there's one parking lot there. So you're going to have people pulling in essentially at the same spot. And then there obviously basketball is in the arena versus soccer is going to be outside. Scott, what's the timeline? Is soccer going to pretty much, is it, is it three months for both or is soccer going to be out of there at some point? Uh, they're out of there by August. I believe if I remember the timeline correctly, I want to say it was like August 11th or something. So it's the about time. a month is so, all. Okay. So, the, the overlap was about a month of time from July 7th to like August 10th or 11th was the overlap. So, hmm. but I have not heard anything. Maybe something will come out about it, but, or they, they have it figured out, but until that comes out, I mean, it's all speculation. Huh. Yeah. It's something for, I mean, if anyone listening out there has more information on major league soccer and how that bubble is going to work in accordance or in, you know, simultaneously to the NBA, please hit us up at spot Trek on Twitter. I want, I want to learn more about this because to me, it's, it's as important as the NBA situation alone, because if you've got this other league with all of these players and staffers and coaches and all that also in the same exact vicinity that the NBA is going to try to do this. And there's already concerns from the NBA. How can there not be concerns that MLS is also going to be there for an entire month. To me, it's just, it's just a gap in, in coverage right now. All right. Kevin Durant purchased a 5% stake in the Philadelphia, Philadelphia union. Uh, why that team specifically? Do you have that answer? It's just in the kind of his hometown vicinity of the hometown. Yeah. yeah. And then actually it's kind of in the middle of Brooklyn and his hometown. Right. So that makes sense. I guess maybe it's just kind of his hometown mm-hmm. soccer team. Does he have any affinity for soccer? you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Or is it just, uh, <laughs> he, he, he has an additional 5% option as well. So it can go up to the 10% stake in that team. And so hmm. wow. based, based, based on the report out of ESPN, um, it's val- there, 
the union are valued at about 325 million north of there because I guess that was the expansion fee. So they're saying their values north of that, which puts him at a starting uh, minimum stake of 16.25 million dollars out of the gate. Um, and and that 325 million is speculation, I guess you could say that sure. the Forbes valuation has not come out yet. We're going to get into a little bit more on valuations mm-hmm. here in a little bit, but last year's Forbes valuation had the union at 240 million. So that's going up substantially if they're saying they're north of 325 now. So yeah, those expansion teams really do a number though. They really do help revenues. So I, I know that's a big part of it. I wouldn't be surprised if that was correct. Yeah. So I, I took a look at other athletes. It got me thinking, what other athletes have, have stakes in, in sport teams? And I mean, there was a pretty extensive list that I was kind of surprised by some of the players that I was able to find. Uh, but it was heavy in soccer. A lot of team or Mm -hmm. athletes have invested in whether it's European soccer or MLS or women's soccer. Uh, so I've, I've seen a lot of that. And then there's been some in NBA and some in baseball here and there. So, I mean, we can run down the list of just names here. The one that stuck out that I could actually find, some other stake in was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He he purchased a 1% stake in the Bucks in 2017. Now, at that time, the Bucks were valued at 785 million. They're now valued at 1.5 billion <laughs> and rising. And rising. So he, he has gained approximately 8 million dollars in his investment. He's up to $15.8 million if he was to buy out now. But I mean, that's a pretty substantial uh, increase for a, a what, three year return. <laughs> so, so, oh, there's no question. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is in good shape up there in Milwaukee. There's no question. Even, even when he leaves Green Bay, right? Cause that's happening. There's no right. question that's happening at this point. Um, but yeah, put your, I'd put some money in Giannis as well if I could. Uh, let's stick with soccer a little bit. I just got some information on David Beckham, who, by the way, uh, he, his original coming to major league soccer was purely marketing. Let's be frank. I mean, he came to Los Angeles. Oh, absolutely. He, he, he played absolutely. some good ball, but he, he was here to be, to essentially become the face of major league soccer. And that that's not even questionable. So he received an option in Miami to come and yep. join the league and purchase a team. Yep. At $25 million. Yeah. That's, uh, he, he has since sold his shares, by the way. He sold his shares last June. I'm going right. to guess he did pretty darn well on that. Oh, I mean, absolutely. let's just guess because you said last year's Forbes had Philadelphia about 250. Let's just say that's what it was. Let's just say that's what Miami was, was, was valued at going, heading in. He made, he made $225 million selling his shares. That's, yeah. that's pretty good money in a couple of years if he can get it. So, yeah, and that team That's just why. started this season too. So I mean, those numbers are real. Those are real numbers. And if if you're getting expansion, which we have, surprisingly, I mean, major league, major league soccer is expanding quicker than any sport in America. That's for darn sure. Oh, and, we're get, we're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it's making numbers, and it's making some money. It's making some money, so you can understand why these big big athletes are saying this is where I want to put my money. Because you mentioned what possibly sixteen million dollars of investment for Durant. That's like a quarter of a season for him. That's nothing. Yeah. And that's just starting right now. That's I mean, what I mean. Yeah. As, as it goes up, he's going to make way more North of that. So, I mean, it's a good time for him to have gotten in some of these other players that I have listed here have gotten in even earlier. I don't know if some of their stake is still there or not, but mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking uh, like Oscar De La Hoya has invested in the Houston dynamo and the Houston dash, which is the, yep. or the women's team. Uh, you've got, um, trying to find someone else on here. Well, LeBron uh, is, uh, LeBron's in a pretty good spot. So we, yeah. we, we mentioned this before with LeBron that he, uh, he invested about 6.5 million into Liverpool, the soccer club in England. Uh, and even just a couple of years ago that, that had jumped to over $30 million in value. Well, Liverpool's about to win this, the championship this year. 
and there's a chance they could run and win the Champions League as well. So the it, it could be a gigantic 2020 for for them. Now the revenue will be down a little bit overall without fans, of course. So he may not see that valuation just yet. But that thirty million dollar to value on his shares of Liverpool at some point in the next eighteen months is going to skyrocket. So. That is certainly yeah. the rich getting richer right there. All right, who else? Who else is on this list? Yes. I know Jordan's got a bunch, Steve, right? Steve Nash. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's big-time soccer, and he, he invested in the Vancouver Whitecaps sure. and then uh, the Spanish soccer team. Uh, you've got Serena Williams and Venus Williams. They invested in the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I know J-Lo and A-Rod were involved with the Dolphins at one point, possibly still. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Miami is full of former athletes. Derek Jeter on the Marlins, Beckham with with the with the FC team. I mean, that's just lo- they're loaded with with athlete yep. investors, which you can understand. People want to be there. That's where athletes want to go. So you can understand them putting their money there. Yeah. Shaq has some stake in the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jordan, like you said, he was part owner and then became majority owner four years later of Charlotte. Uh, Wayne Gretzky had stake in the the Coyotes. W- one thing I found interesting with Magic Johnson, not only with the LA Dodgers, he has stake in the LAFC, and then the Lakers. He had four and a half percent stake from '94 to 2010. Yeah, the Kobe run. Yeah, and he sold that stake in 2010. So I didn't I didn't realize how, that it was you know four and a half percent compared to the <laughs> can one. You, can you imagine? What four and a half percent stake for those seven years was ninety four to or excuse me seventeen Seven. years. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a pretty good seventeen years to have stock in the Lakers. It my is. my goodness, I'm sure he did just well selling those off. Uh, anyone uh, else here? Mario Lemieux. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty well known that he, he went back to the Penguins and, and has yeah. some ownership there. Didn't know John Elway had stake in an AFL team. Uh, I mean that's the defunct AFL team now. But uh, I <laughs> hopefully mean, he wasn't picking the quarterback. What Warwick done? Mm. He has he had just gotten some minority stake in the Atlanta Falcons. I thought that was interesting. You really don't see the NFL splitting up stakes, and no. this was a point where he he got some stake in there. LAFC has a ton of investors. Well, look, uh, let's go back on that point. There's a really good reason why the NFL doesn't doesn't allow this or or, or offer this. They just don't need it. Right. These owners make so much freaking money off the NFL. They don't need help. They can pay their bills just fine. I mean, the valuations on NFL teams have gone bonkers over the last 20 years, just bonkers. So these guys are all good to go and gals. Yeah. Well, LAFC, like I said, you have uh, Magic Johnson has stake in there. Mm-hmm. Nomar Garcia Parra, uh, Mia Hamm, and that's just the athletes. I mean, They're married, Will by Farrell, the way. <laughs> you got Will Ferrell and, and some other yep. people that are involved in, in Goober who's got you know, staking all these teams out there, mm-hmm. but, uh, and then some racing got Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt jr. Who has their racing, uh, teams, but, uh, that LAFC with all those teams, it, if you haven't watched that series on ESPN plus, it, it's a good watch. Very, it's all about LAFC growing. And it talks about the investors and getting all these different people and mm-hmm. how Will Ferrell came into it. Really interesting series for anyone interested and has some some extra downtime here. Uh, Take a look at that on there. Um, But the list is really interesting. I tried to find more, but as far as athletes, if if there's more out there that someone knows that we haven't talked about, shoot us a tweet or an email. Would love to. I think it's hard to get in. I think that's probably why we aren't seeing more. I think, I think it's such a, you know, for lack of a better term, a boys club, right? That they just don't want to squander any percentage of any kind of stake in these sports teams because they all do so darn well. 2020, notwithstanding, of course, but uh, it's just a, it's kind of a slam dunk. And and yeah. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back to baseball, even though I promised myself I wouldn't. Um, it's It's the single reason why I have to side with the players right now. Because it is a slam dunk. Everybody's making money in sports. Yeah. Everybody. So if you have to give up a little bit for a couple of months, sorry. Because <laughs> you can make more next year. 
once there's a vaccine. Yeah. You can make a lot yeah. more next year because people are right. going to miss they, it and crave it. So just do whatever the heck a, you have to do to get back on the field to maintain your stability and then go and make your money next year. I just, I can't do it. I can't, to think I, can't, about, I can't logically get to a reason with that. Baseball is not going away. They have to be thinking of the long-term investment, yeah. not this short-term three months investment or loss that they're taking. They got to think long-term. I want to talk about in previous podcasts in my, in a pipe dream world, Scott, I want Rob Manfred, who I know works for the owners. I get it. Where we, we dealt with this with Roger Goodell for a lot of years. Um, he needs to go to those six owners that basically came out publicly and said, it's better for us if we don't play baseball because we won't lose as much money. And he needs to say, you better change that stance or I'm going to force you out because that's mm-hmm. not good for this game. That's no, that, it's not. that is one sided thinking. And that can't happen in, in any sport. It can't happen because you can't, that, that becomes completely unrelatable to the, to your fan base, completely unrelatable because to a lot of people, you know, there's not, <laughs> there's not many people like you and I who sit behind the numbers constantly as fans, but that's what we do. But we are we are a 0.1%. Most people just watch baseball because it's fun to watch or because the kids play it or because you played it in high school, whatever it is. And that it that that discussion, those six or seven owners who are saying, no, 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 we can only operate as a business. You're you're detaching yourself from millions of fans who think completely differently. To me, that's yeah. bad for the for the business and for the sport. And that's what I want. I think Manfred needs to step in and say, no, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. We should all be working to get back on the field as long as it's safe to do so. That's the right thing to say. And he has not it said is. it. He has not said yeah. it. He has gone completely polar opposite, in my opinion. He is he's speaking from his own mind without speaking from the owner's mind or the player's mind. And that's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. All right. So, so let me ask you this before we transition. Uh, from everything I've read, it sounds like, and we've talked about this in the past with his career earns with A-Rod. It sounds like A-Rod is pushing to get be an owner in, in baseball. Who do you think else? <laughs> well, you you're not going to say, you're not going to say which team it is. Yeah. The Mets. <laughs> <laughs> he, so he and JLo have been trying for months here. If he, if he gets stake in the Mets, uh, what other athlete do you think? Uh, could yeah. be Next. Well, I stake some team, maybe not so much baseball, but uh, Peyton Manning's got to get involved at some point here. To me, he's the one, he's one of the, one of the big names. Uh, it seems like maybe he's going to go against broadcasting because it's such a risky, it's such a risky move for him. Like we just said, getting in, involved in a team from an ownership standpoint or any kind of front office standpoint, what if he, he could just become John Elway? I mean, just become John Elway, right? Mm-hmm. President slash GM. And if you want to take the GM hat off at some point, do it. But to me, he's, he's the one he's going to dive in sooner rather than later here at some capacity could be at the NFL level. Maybe it's not team, maybe it's league, but uh, that's a name. Have, that's a name that sticks out. Go ahead. I have one that. Let me say. Let me say this first. I I would have absolutely said Kobe. I yeah. would have absolutely said Kobe. But uh, my mine is Floyd Mayweather. Okay. I'm kind of surprised he does not have stake in a in a team because he is a business person and oh, he he's knows a gazillionaire athletes. too. And he is a gazillionaire. Yeah. I mean, he's always at the top of Forbes's most earned everything every year. I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't have, at least from what I know, maybe he does. Sure. And I just am not privy to it that he, he isn't on a list of being an owner or a partial owner of some, uh, sports team. That's he seems like something, I, maybe it's just anonymous. I, I would imagine it, he's throwing his money into, into, into teams or, or leagues some, yeah. to some capacity, but yeah, you're right. That's a name that's most likely involved at this point. Um, boy, I'm trying. I think, that, yeah, that's it's an interesting conversation. I mean, most of the big names here are the biggest names that of their respective sports. So, uh, you know, we've talked a Rod. Of course, he's certainly at the top of the list financially in baseball, basketball. We know LeBron's already doing, and Shaq's up there as well. No, Kevin Garnett, huh? Kevin Garnett no. made a, made a ton of coin. I would imagine he's involved somewhere. Although he he, ex- he hasn't exactly left teams in good graces. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he and the Timberwolves basically don't even communicate. He's pretty much blocked them on the, on the internet. Um, Yao Ming's interesting. That's, that's definitely one I would put in that list. I know Steph Curry's already starting to get involved with a lot Mm -hmm. of things, with a lot of things. Yeah, he is. He'll be, he'll be involved in golf at some point. There's no question. Um, Yeah, I think, 
I think some of those, like J.J. Watt, yeah. I mean, he's he's coming out more. He's got his show on Fox. I, 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 I think you'll start to see him and those kind of players. I mean, there are obviously dabbling into the TV market, so you know, they're trying to spread their wings. And I think going back to Durant, this is a way for him with his um, venture – it's just a way of him spreading his wings and learning more and getting invested more outside of basketball. So when basketball is done for him, he he's a global brand more so than he was when he was a player. Here's a name for you. Does Brady? Ooh, interesting. Or does he just kind of ride off into the sunset and never kind of show his face again? Uh, I could see him investing in maybe not in football, but I could see him doing like a, a soccer or something that's up and coming, being in the face of a, uh, uh, for lack of a sport off the top of my head, outside of maybe lacrosse with how big la- lacrosse is becoming. Sure. Maybe he is a face of a team in a brand new I'm going to guess that that's not going to hit the aggregator, Scott. Tom, Tom Brady headed for a future in lacrosse ownership. No, <laughs> so that was, probably. That was not going to make the rounds. No, probably not. <laughs> I'm just, but. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at some lists here. I'm just trying to think of some names as well, because it is an interesting, uh, I mean, who would you want vocally? You know, mm-hmm. who, who would you want? Who Who is your hometown superstar that you think should invest? Like, you know, I'm in Buffalo. Those bills from the nineties, they, they do plenty of work still around here. Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly and even Bruce Smith and Andre Reed. Uh, those names have not disappeared in 25 years. They are right. pumping their money. They are pumping their time and their efforts into this community still. So uh, I would imagine to some degree, every, every, every professional town has their player. And that's why I asked the question with Kevin Durant, you know, what made Philadelphia the right move? And again, he's probably already got himself a nice name and community face there. So it made sense to make some money off it as well. That's really what that is. That's an investment where he's going to make a ton of money. It's like you said, it's between DC and Brooklyn. So it just sort of fits well. I, I almost think, you know, hockey needs some splash. Sure. I mean, we've talked about that in the past. So maybe someone like a Sidney Crosby or an Ovechkin, if they're looking to stay here, yeah, Ovechkin's going home. And, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I'm saying the name, the NHL needs the name. They had the Wayne Gretzky, the, the coyotes are what they are. Yeah. Um, the Penguins got Mario Lemieux, but that's a league that could use. Yeah, they're going to expand more too. There's going to be a Seattle team. There's going to be more expansion right. there. So there's going to be yep. room for marketability, which they could certainly use. But again, that's that league need, needs a lot more than that. Um, how about more like a front office? Or, or I could see investment actually. Uh, Tim Duncan seems like a kind of guy who, because he's not going to be put him in front of the camera and sell tickets. You know what I mean? And I'm not even sure he'd be great as a head coach in that regard either. I'm not sure he's that kind of a leader. He's more of a silent leader, but I bet you behind the scenes, that's probably a smart move for him getting involved, whether that's San Antonio or somewhere else. Uh, He just seems like one of those individuals as well. And Oh, by the way, he's made a boatload of money. Yeah. I mean, he's been working with uh, the Spurs as an assistant coach, I believe uh, with Pop right now. So he's getting, I mean, he's getting the experience with that. So I I would not be shocked. I mean, being behind the scenes, but pulling strings. Nothing on like Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer and these guys over there who, you know, we know they're international global icons. Have they got, have they, have they dove into American sports at all? Not from what I saw. Yeah, those are definitely names. But I would, put, but, I would but, definitely put but, them in this conversation. Yeah, and both of those uh, are into soccer. Of I course. Mean, Nadal almost, I mean, if you read his book, he, he, he talked about how he was really good at soccer. So I wouldn't be surprised if he at some point, or if not already, has some stake in a soccer team. And then Federer, that's where he got his footwork from. Yeah, I would, I would imagine both of them probably have some international stake, but, uh, you know, to come to, to the American side with the MLS and things like that, I would imagine that people have approached them for that <laughs> because... Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, when you're starting to see names like Durant get involved, it means that the business people are saying this is the time to do it. So this could be the start of a big wave of it, to be quite honest. Right, and MLS is growing 
I mean, you, you just let's said get to that. it. Go ahead. Let's get to it. Yeah, they're they have um, FC Austin is going to be coming. They have three other teams that were announced that um, boy Texas and Durant didn't go there. Yeah, but he's his hometown is Maryland. So still, I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he missed out on that one. They have, uh, but MLS has Charlotte. Sacramento and St. Louis coming on here wow. in the next few years. So they already have four expansion teams coming on. Uh, Mark Miami McGuire or Albert Pujols, this- Scott? What's that? If, if Mark McGuire or Albert Pujols offer you $25 million for, for 5% stake in that St. Louis team, which one does St. Louis pick? Oh, Albert. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. I think so. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, they, yeah, Miami's coming in, got Cincinnati came in, so they're growing and I, I, to transition from the athlete stake in sports, it got me thinking about team valuations with Forbes. So I dove into some crazy numbers with Forbes. I, I tracked down, uh, valuations going back to 2011 in, in MLS, uh, had, I found something in 2008 and it was kind of spotty in 10, 9, 10, 11 area, but I dove in and the MLS is growing exponentially as far as values for their teams. Um, before I give you any specific numbers, I want you to do some guessing. Okay. So based on percentage of growth from 2011 until the current 19 or 20 season, because basketballs came out during the season, which teams do you think have grown the most in a percentage wise? Which sport are we talking? Any. Who do you, what, what team out of the five? Well, for, uh, the Patriots. Six, okay. The, the Warriors. Okay. Uh, am I am I correct on any of those? <laughs> Warriors, yes. Patriots, no. Talking percentage wise here, so Patriots did not. They they didn't crack the top six that I have here. Yeah, I guess they're not in a big uh, enough market to make any money. Warriors are number one. Warriors have grown. How far over- are we talking? Ten years here. Yeah, back to 2011. So, so the Lakers wouldn't be on that list. They would have already been pretty high, right? They are. They are? They're six. So the Cowboys then? Are Cowboys top five? Nope. They've always been high, huh? They 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 have grown a lot, but percentage-wise, they aren't there. Who am I missing? That yeah. Warriors, their Warriors are over 1,000%. Oh, my goodness. No wonder they got a $9 billion arena. Um Let's see. Is there a soccer team on this list? Nope. Is there a baseball team on this list? Not in the top six. Wow. All basketball. Really? Really. Okay. So Warriors. uh, Warriors are one. Lakers are six. Rockets? Nope. OKC? Nope. You're going to have to give it to me. I'm dying here. All right, so two two was the Clippers. They had a huge bump up. Wow. Uh, so they're, they, they've grown 725%. <laughs> okay. The, the Nets were third at 700%. Uh, I should have guessed that one. Okay. The, the Knicks were 600%. What? And then the Celtics. That's, exa- that's also how the, the negative of lo- – that's how many they've, much they've lost over the past 10 years too. Uh, yeah. And then the Celtics were five at 586. How do you sign nobody and still grow 600%? We just, we just discussed this. They've signed nobody in 10 years. 600%. Yeah. Crazy. So, so if you go, that's off of the percentage, the, um, if you go off of the highest growth period based on financial value, straight up money, uh, the Knicks were number one. At 3.9 billion oh in, ten, in 10 years, they grew 3.9 billion. Um, the Warriors were number two at 3.93 billion. Lakers were third at 3.8 billion. Cowboys came in fourth. Okay. And I'm going to let you try to guess number five. 
because I wouldn't have guessed this, but when I saw it, I, I realized this why. is the billions that they've increased in 10 years. Yes. And I'll tell you, they, this team has grown by $3 billion in 10 years. I, I, am I probably not going to guess it? I'll give you that. It's a football team. The 49ers. Hmm, you're close, but no. Go ahead. Hit me. Rams. Yeah, that's, that's actually the more move logical. From, the move from St. Yeah. Louis to L.A. and then the influx of with the new stadium coming in. So it made sense once I heard it. I actually I picked the 49ers, Scott, because of proximity, because of the success yeah. of the Warriors and Silicon Valley. I, this past 10 years have had to have increased that value. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally dropped that new stadium in the middle of Silicon Valley. Yep. And then the, to, to round it off, I wanted to see any other team. So you got the Yankees have grown $3 billion and the Patriots okay. have grown $2.7 billion. So not a bad list there. Um, wow. So, so the highest percentage of growth team, we've already mentioned the Warriors in the NBA. Let what me ask you this real quick, Scott. Has any team yeah. lost value? Or has every team not- that you saw increased over the past 10 years? Over the past 10 years, they've grown, but there was a stint in the NHL where they either flatlined or one or two teams went down slightly, and then they went back up the next year. Okay. But all the other teams have... I actually asked because of this current year. I I imagine that's going to happen this year too, right? Well, that was going to be some of my questions that we're going to ask you about that. So I, I think that they're... I don't know what Forbes goes off of for a metric but obviously there's some operating costs and income and and that goes into it. Got to think some of these teams are going to take a a hit at some point, depending on, you know, what the actual financial revenue is once things are starting to be played again. Um, And if baseball doesn't play at all, Mm -hmm. that is really going to be interesting to see if things flatline or go down or how that is even going to play out. And speaking of, I said the Warriors were over a thousand percent. They were the biggest growth in the NBA. Which team in baseball do you think was the highest growth over 10 years, the last 10 years? I wouldn't have guessed this, but maybe you will. Was I already on the right track? Out there, yes. For baseball, you were out in the right. So it's the Dodgers then. Nope. Seattle? Nope. Hit me. Giants. Oh, 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 I was right then. I was thinking San Francisco for the exact same reason. Okay. Well, that's what I said. Geographically, yeah, yes. Exact same. same. So that's that's the reason. That whole city, so, from a sports standpoint, just blew up because of the, the, the well, Silicon Valley. Yeah. That and the Giants had won those yeah. championships. Yeah, the Bruce so Bochy years, right. That was that influx. So they, they had grown 450%. In the last 10 years. And then the NFL, the Rams were the highest. Who's had a better decade? Is it, is, but Boston versus San Francisco is pretty darn interesting Mm -hmm. over this past decade. Yeah. We might have to look into that. That's pretty good stuff. I mean, we're really giving San Francisco some love here. Wait, which team in the NHL do you think has grown the most? There's not a San Francisco team. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm going to guess Chicago. Uh, nope. Chicago is number two. Oh, there you go. All right. What region are we at here? The region you were in. <laughs> it's back out there. Yes. San Jose. Nope. Okay. Black and black and silver. Yeah. LA. LA Kings. Yeah. I guess yep. they had a good run in the, in the start two, of this decade. 266. 266% growth there. Yeah. He says there's an East so coast bias. Of the, huh? of the four, <laughs> of the four big, the highest yeah. growth is California yeah. teams. Now, what do you think about MLS? I like galaxy. Nope. LAFC. Nope. They're too new. Okay. So I, I kind of excluded them. I'm trying to think. I mean, I know the DC team had some success. There you go. Right there. Yeah. DC. Yeah. They've grown the most. And since 2008, they've grown the most. Yeah. New stadium too, right, Scott? They do. Yeah. Nice stadium. 
Yeah. Okay. So they, they've grown the most uh, in since 2008 here. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see. I, I, I was shocked to see <laughs> well, the four big being out. I got to tell you, now that we know everything, I think the 49ers are slacking off. How the hell have they not capitalized on this, right? Yeah, especially with that new stadium. Because Silicon Valley is kind of blowing up now. I mean, those mm-hmm. those those valuations out there are starting to dip pretty good because of this remote situation and a lot of the international stuff kicking back in that they might've missed their window to jump over the Cowboys here. Cause I'm not sure anybody can jump the Cowboys in the NFL. They just are, they're on a, they're on a war path. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm running real quick. Let me see where the 49ers and their third. Yeah. Third most growth. It goes, uh, uh, Rams, Raiders, 49ers, and then the Vikings. So if the 49ers win at all, they probably at least jumped a second. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, that, that's just 2011. So I was curious to see, all right, let's see what the recency bias has been as far as growth. And so I, I looked at the highest growth of team since 2015. So five, five-ish years of growth. Just team value? Just team. How much in the, in, in five years instead of 10. Wanted to see recency, who's grown the most. It, it, quite interesting. Uh, Basketball? I mean, we have Saint Peters. Yeah, we do. It's probably the Clippers then. Well, Warriors are number one at 231% growth. Number two is an East Coast team, oh, a basketball team. It's the Knicks again. <laughs> it is not the Knicks. They have Oh, the grown. Nets. No, it's the Nets, of course. Nope. What? Nope. nope. What other team in the East Coast has done anything? Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I get that. Sixers. I get that. Number three. Okay. I I have to attain it to who is on the team right now is Milwaukee bucks. Really? 166% growth. That had to be hard to do in that, in that area, in that geography. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Then you got the Rams, the DC United rounds out five and then Number six, I found interesting, and I'm curious to see how things trend for them in the next few years to see where they're going to be at. Houston Astros. Yeah, I was, I, I, I was going to say I'm surprised there's not more Houston on this list. And then seven was Toronto Raptors, and that's oh, wow, be good for them. And that's Wait till they the get Giannis; it'll get even better. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the tw- that's what the 2020 uh, valuation in there. So that's accumulate uh, accounting for that championship. Sure. So that's a huge. That's also just a, that's a city that wants to spend money. That's a gigantic city, an underrated city. Any kind of success there is going to just boom that that economy. So that's why that's so, why a lot of people think they we got to send superstars there because that is a that is an untapped market. Yeah. So I mentioned how, you know, we only talked about DC United for MLS, but they have grown tremendously. So I took the average team valuation for each year. And then I took the 2011 and MLS's case, 2008, because mm-hmm. that's where I could go to. And then the most recent valuation for the team average. And I compared their difference from the team average in that first metric to the second metric. MLS's so average percent change, team. essentially average percent change. Yeah. Yep. Of the team average MLS has gone up 737%. Wow. Basketball, 475%. MLS is the fastest growing sport right now. In a, a 12 to 10 year span. Wow. Based on the averages of the teams. Yeah. And then baseball was third at 245%. But they don't NHL. make any money, right? <laughs> and then the NHL was fourth at uh, 175%, and NFL was at 168%. Because because they just gradually make their money every year. They don't they don't have a yeah, boom. Yeah. Well, that and their their values are so high. I mean, That's we're what I mean. talking yeah, two teams that are at five billion or above. I mean, their valuations are just so high. Yeah, and the fact that the NBA is rising that that much at this point is that's scary. They should be more in line with the NFL. They should be more gradually increasing at this point. And they're not, they are exponentially increasing. What'd you say? 440, something like that. My goodness, that is something. 
That yeah. is something. I mean, it is good to be in the NBA right now. That's for darn sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, the numbers show that the growth and you, like I said, the Durant report led me down this path right. and it shows yeah. why there you go. Proof is in the pudding. 700% right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only number I'd need to see. Not to mention the expansion you talked about. I mean, that's, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. That's healthy stuff right there. Hopefully that they, they can get through this summer successfully and, st- and stabilize somewhat because you know, they're taking a financial hit right now. There's no question. Everybody is, but even certainly the smaller leagues are going to get affected more. Um, well, this, this tournament style may, you know, yes. help that because I, I, NBA we lost Scott. March Madness. Yeah. We, we lost that March Madness. So you get these tournaments that, you know, you're able to watch it sort of like the Olympics. Everyone hones in on the Olympics for soccer. And then, with MLS, it's only going to help them. Same with the NBA. This tournament style is going to help. You know what else? Certain standpoint. We we were talking earlier about how baseball is maybe the the approach that baseball is taking is becoming unrelatable to us. Tournaments are relatable. We all did that as kids, whatever sport you played, you, you traveled an hour and a half with your parents and you played in some kind of tournament, maybe every summer, whatever sport it was, soccer, baseball, bat, whatever it was, that's relatable. We all, we can get on board with that. Not to mention it's crazy bettable crazy bettable, which you're going to make even more money on than you would in a normal standard postseason. So I, I, I think all of this is going to be benefactor. It's going to be really good for the long run, which is how you have to be thinking. Clearly we'll finish on this where we started. Adam Silver has thought everything through on the short term with this documentation. I do think there's going to be some flexing on it. I think Kyrie Irving's and his kind of his crew, I think they're, they're raising valid points. I think those points have to be heard and negotiated but I think all in all, this the short-term NBA plan is solid. And it also, to your point here, it's also going to set them up for even more success in the long run. And it is. that's just another example of what maybe these other sports aren't taking into account. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this before we head out. The Cowboys and the Yankees were both... Uh, Cowboys are at $5.5 billion. Okay. Yankees are at $5 billion. Which team do you think Ooh. is the next team to exceed $5 billion? And let me tell you, well, let's actually, let's next, start with those two teams. Do, do either of those two teams approach six? Because they're both in winning windows right now. Yeah. And the Cowboys went from 4.8 up to 5.5. So in one year chance to this. or in 10 years yeah. in one year. Holy. So if either of those teams win the championship, they might go to 6 million. Yeah. Or yeah. 6 billion. Excuse me. So, so let me give you wow. the next the next three that I was gonna suggest is the New York Knicks. They're at four six. <laughs> I have the to La- the Lakers are at four four. Okay. The Warriors are at four three. Okay. Or the and the Patriots are at four one. I don't foresee them getting up to five, but I'll give you anyone any anyone else in the field if you don't like those three. So these aren't just based off of revenue numbers. These are so also, I, these include predictive the factors, right? There's some probability and predictive to this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when, when Forbes does their reports, they give these valuations, they give operating costs and revenue. So they give that. So some of that has to probably go into yeah. uh, some modeling. So the reason I asked that Scott is the Warriors, because if you're basing 2020, 2019-20, there's not a chance that the Warriors. Uh, there's, a, there's a better chance that the Warriors decrease in value, but if there, but if there's predictive, if, if there's predictive analysis involved, the bounce back for them next year should be huge. So, in that case, they I, may they may even increase because there's a chance that their value is higher than ever next year. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I, I, well, I think I would still guess- put them. I mean, the Lakers are still ahead of them because of the uh, players they have, because of the the cachet that they hold. So they're the like, they the most likely team. Yeah, they're the most likely team, especially if they win this year, to be next in line. And then I would put the Warriors right. It's one and one A right there. And then the Knicks. I don't know how the hell they keep growing, but they're they're going to continue to grow whether they win or not, which is just awful for for. That's awful. Yeah, winning yeah. should matter. <laughs> winning should matter. Two two thousand eighteen, they were at three six. Then. They went to four. That right there, Scott. Sorry to interrupt. That right there is why we don't have a baseball season. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the Knicks do for 82 games. 
they still increase $600,000, $600 million. Yep. It doesn't matter yeah. that to me, that's a flaw. There should be competition should drive money. It should, it should, it shouldn't be that easy to make that much money uh, from a, from a, from a team standpoint. So to me, that, that kind of, that kind of pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Dodgers were the highest baseball team based on straight up valuation. Yeah. That won't change at, at three, four. So yeah, I, I, I would go with the Lakers to answer my question. I would go with the Lakers. I think I'd go California. <laughs> I mean, Dodgers, yeah, Lakers, really. my goodness. Yeah. I would, I would, yeah, I would so, 49ers are still in a window to win. Yeah. That's a good spot to be in right there. All right. Good stuff. Scott. a lot of data here, man. That was great. Uh, yeah. we'll be back next week with, I, I think a fun show. I've got, I got something in mind that I'll bring to you this weekend. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but uh, I've been doing some dirty work behind the scenes on spotchart.com that I think will make for a pretty good fun show. A little less data oriented, a little bit more about some player breakdowns and, uh, we'll get you back on that next week. My thanks to the athletic visit the athletic.com slash track S P O T R A C for 40% off. Get all your premier league coverage. Everything's back. Premier League's back. Lots of soccer's back. MLS is just on the heels of this. More information about the NBA documentation and how that league and the bubble is going to work. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more on Major League Baseball and maybe what they're not doing. All that on theathletic.com slash spot track. My thanks to the Hit Parade. Visit dacardworld.com for your look at an autographed sports memorabilia mystery box. This is so freaking cool. I got to get my hands on one of these guys. Scott, we got to do this. We got to get ourselves a hip parade box and see what, what we can pull out of there. They've got stuff like yeah. Jordan autographed jerseys, Tom Brady autographed helmets. There's just a lot to pull from. And uh, when you got a store of their size and a, and a, and a website of their size, by the way, diacarbol.com, there are plenty of options either on a singular basis or in this hip parade mystery box as well. No one has more hits than hit parade. My thanks to Scott Allen. My name is Mike Janetti. <laughs> thanks for listening to this edition of the Spy Trek podcast. <laughs>